time for my sponsor. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, guess shake it up. Shake it up. Oh, it's actually my last one, so VA, email me. Yeah, VA. <laughs> Shane's done drinking VA after today, unless you email him. So get I on that. I've this 23 other times. This is the one. We no longer have <laughs> in our name, so you can safely sponsor us now. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so before we get started, everyone, our, our name is no longer We'll do it live. Um... Yeah, people don't like that, I guess. It's not people. It's more like uh, corporations <laughs> don't like it. Yeah, I'm sure um, they've never heard a swear word. Yeah, no, they don't swear. They're they're they're. Let alone they're, a censored one. Yeah. Jeez. So anyway, um, it is now ruining movies, which I uh, think is funny. I don't actually for everyone in the audience. I don't think we're actually ruining movies. It's very tongue in cheek. Just so you guys are all aware, if you're new here, we're not gonna be here and talk shit about Train to Busan. We're probably gonna actually. Um, talk Fan about how amazing fanboy over it for like 30 <laughs> minutes and then you guys are gonna make us ruin it by making it like a musical <laughs> or something yeah. so <laughs> right <laughs> um, but anyway let's get into this um, hello welcome everyone this podcast Hi. I sound very robotic this podcast is ruining movies it's brought to you by V8. Brought to you by V8. <laughs> Quote, unquote, V8. The engine, not the drink. Um, but anyway, hello, welcome, everyone. This is Ruining Movies. I am one of your hosts, Zach. The other host is Shane, right? He's there across yeah, the internet webs. I'm Shane. Hi, everyone. Yes, hello. Uh, for those who are new here, um, we it is called Ruining Movies because every week we... Watch a movie of the week. Usually it is a movie that is beloved to us, that we talk very highly about it. And then at the end of the episode, the last part of it, um, the audience decides what kind of remake we have to make of the movie. So last week uh, we did Color Out of Space. The audience or the dice voted and we had to recreate Color Out of Space, but as a Western. So, which was, I, I'm actually writing a short story about that right now. Yeah, Look there's going to be... that are going to be ruining the movies. We're just going to put the text behind it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so this week we're going to talk about Jane, Train to Busan, the t- Korean horror zombie movie, one of the best. Honestly, it is... I can Truly. honestly say it is one of the best zombie movies. Um, I think it is the best zombie media I have ever consumed. It's I, on camera now. Yeah, stand that's fair. By that until something beats it. I, I I think Dawn of the Dead still beats it for me just because it started everything and I, I it's it's one of my favorite movies, but I do think Train to Busan is equal to it. It's not like Dawn of the Dead is better than it. It's like they're equal. Um but before we get into that because I feel like we're going to be talking about a lot of zombies, I have a lot of things to say. I know Shane has a lot of things to say. Let's talk about movie and television news this week. Shane, anything you want to talk about up front? So many things happened, I feel like, this week. Maybe yeah, we... didn't happen, but that I just know about. And right. that are interesting to me. Um, We could just umbrella topic Tom Holland, if you want, because uh, that dude's had a fucking... Well, everyone else Dude, has that been was... suffering. Tom Holland has just had, like, a banger of a year. I forgot <laughs> that that even news uh, came out about, like, all the stuff that came out of. First, we got the new Spider-Man name, um, No Way Home. Sounds new... like it's going to be cool. I mean, yeah. based on the title and the fact that, uh, you know, 
the cast all seems very hype about it. That, I that mean, makes me very happy. Absolutely, we have some we have some throwbacks to the Sam Raimi Spider Man Spider Men, so I'm very excited about that. Actually it is Spider Man's there's only one Spider Man in that trilogy. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um yeah. also we kinda got some more news on what, Uncharted? Uh I tuned me in. Because that wasn't even on my radar. Oh, so the the article I read was uh, Tom Holland just saying that um, he learned a lot from shooting Uncharted because it, w- it was more like a deep dive on like acting and stuff. Him saying that he was, yeah, it doesn't sound like he was too happy with his performance just because he was so um, self-centered, not self-centered, but so worried about looking badass as Nathan Drake. Like in all the shots, he kept thinking, am I looking sweet and stuff? Um, which he said is not the greatest way to act, which is very, it's it's Do true. cool enough? <laughs> yeah, exactly, which I really like Tom Holland, how he doesn't shut up ever. Like, yeah, in a no. good way, he Open spoils up. so much stuff. And, like, I can't think of any actors who would, like, film a movie and then be like wow i think i didn't do the best i could mm-hmm. i think that's very admirable of him I, yeah. I like him as an actor he's a cool guy he's a stand-up guy uh he's incredibly talented obviously yeah um and it, it good on him for owning his shit you know absolutely um but yeah i was actually looking at uh chaos rising which the trailers for that oh. are super like obscure and seem weird and i don't really know what to expect from it and that kind of i I don't even know what that Um, is i haven't heard of it and then there's another movie that came out apparently it's on apple tv so hopefully i can rent it on amazon prime uh yeah prime button if you haven't already uh uh, it's called cherry it looks very interesting the trailer i think i've heard of that yeah also incredibly uh like vague but it, it looks pretty cool. There was like a scene of a bank robbery. Tom Holland looks all sad and dramatic. And yeah, I mean, like I said, that guy obviously is just his He's career killing is it. just fucking catapulting to the moon. I mean, yeah, he is honestly him. he's in so much stuff. And in, in, like, but like I said, he, I, I like uh, him and stuff. It's actually uh, the reason for my movie pick. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm trying to see who I. I... I've not seen anything about Chaos Walking. This is news to me, so I'm looking at it real quick. Chaos Rising, uh, I think is what it's called. Uh, it's Chaos Walking. Chaos, Chaos Rising Walking. is a Warhammer thing, which really confused me. <laughs> I was like, wait, is he in a Warhammer movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chaos Walking. Um, but looks cool. Who's directing it? We have... Interesting. Synopsis sounds good. Yeah, it's got a bunch of people in it. Nick Jonas, Matt Yeah, Nicholson, we got Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Ridley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a, we got a lot of people. All right, Doug Lemon. He directed so Swingers. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> no, I'm not saying Swingers is a bad movie. I don't think that at all. I think I, Swingers is actually I pretty okay. Um, he also directed The Born Identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So he directed a lot of like 2000, um, action movies. Swingers. <laughs> Swinger. It has um. Vince Vaughn in it, uh, John Favreau. It's kind of like John Favreau's big break. Uh, there's what's the okay. what's the quote? There's a, like a really big quote from Swingers. Swingers. I don't know how it holds up. Um, it has. Okay. Yeah. The poster yeah. is like Vince Vaughn holding a cocktail, and it's. Yeah, it, it's a 2000, it's like a late 90s, 2000 I, comedy. I, I, yeah. Uh, 
very bad things. Uh, I don't think so. Let me see. Also has John Favreau in it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Very bad things. I don't think I've ever seen this. <laughs> Doing the Kevin Bacon Seven. This is a cool movie. <laughs> anyway, that this is the only reason I talked about him is because of John Favreau, who yeah. also his career has catapulted in the last twenty years as well. He's right, just, BSL uh, MCU. Well, amongst other things, he apparently he's really into food. He made that chef movie. Uh, chef is honestly one of the like um, one of my favorite movies of the last fifteen years. Like he is so good in it, and he yeah. I know he directed it. It was really he's good. Also a fantastic actor on top of that. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's agree. Yeah, he's done a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, hell yeah. Bad things is hilarious. Anyway, so yeah, Tom Holland was uh, like at the forefront of my mind because of those movies. And then um, coming to America. Is Tom Holland in that? Oh, no. so like, wait, Tom Holland. Tom Holland's Holland. <laughs> coming to America. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> like he's popping off, but why see that? Oh. <laughs> no, but that is coming out on Friday. I didn't know it was coming out that soon. Hell yeah! So we and... we will be able to tell you guys next week if it was good or bad. <laughs> True. The trailer dropped. I'm, I'm very it's good. excited. I checked out. Trailer did look good. Yeah. Cast. It is like all of the original cast, which is mm-hmm. really really exciting. Um, it'd be exciting to see James Earl Jones on camera. Yeah. So, I'm I'm excited. It, uh, yeah. I, I didn't know it was coming out this soon. That is exciting. Yeah, I had heard tell that this might be a thing like a few months ago, and then all of a sudden now it's gonna drop. Yeah, movies are real weird during the pandemic because you'll like like. I, for some reason, thought the Black Widow movie came out, like, a year and a half ago, and I just never saw it because I wasn't that interested in it, but I guess it never came out. Yeah, no, they never released it, but, you know, they released Mulan, which, well, you know what, this is yeah. a conversation for another time, maybe. No, I, I don't just don't know. like Disney. Disney's live action sucks. <sighs> Disney sucks. Dude, Mulan was an atrocity. I'm not, yeah. Anyway, um, Black Widow, like... <laughs> I feel so bad for that movie because it was going to be really cool. And I still think it can do cool things for what's going on. Yeah. But now that all this new shit's coming out with stuff that's going on in like the present day of the MCU, I I, I really don't. My interest has fallen off a bit on the old flashback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only reason I was ever interested in it is because I like Taskmaster. Yeah, that's true. I think it's going to introduce Taskmaster and White Widow, which, yeah. you know, I'm sure she will be involved in this upcoming phase in some way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I well, think it has some potential, but... Talking about MCU, we're going to have a big week next week with Coming to America coming out, and also the last episode of WandaVision is dropping this Thursday. They and have all Winter Soldier comes out. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot of things they have to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be a big one. This is gonna be a bang. It's gonna be a big one. I, I, I actually am kind of worried that they won't be able to wrap it all up in forty minutes. I feel you like think they're, they're even su- gonna try. You think it's gonna be like an hour and a half? I well, I if the run times have already been kind of leaked, and I don't think it's going to an hour. I, mm. I think because they said overall, like it would all together be like eight hours and we're getting kind of close to that um i don't know i, I think it'll be interesting I, I think the last episode was good i liked it um yeah 
the last episode was really really cool uh, yeah some 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 big things going on i'm yeah. excited to see this this we'll see we have we have white vision talking about white widow we have white vision i think that's gonna yeah. bring ultron back um, spoilers, I guess, everyone. Spoilers. We're talking about the last episode. Spoilers. Ruining movies. <laughs> we're ruining movies. Not. Oh, we're ruining. Yeah, we're ruining everyone's experience. Ruining everything. If you yeah. come here, be ready for big news, big spoilers. Big you ruin, just hate us by the end of it. Um, but yeah, we have White Vision, so I think White Vision and Vision are going to merge, and we're going to get Vision back in the MCU if we're doing hot takes. Um, uh, Mephesto, I know how to say it now. <laughs> That's the hot take of that. Mephisto? Yeah, Mephisto, whatever the fuck his name is. He's, I don't think he's going to show up. Um, or he is, I don't know. I uh, We kind of learned a little bit more about Agatha. I don't like, I know a lot of people loved last episode, and I, I, I liked it, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of... I think this is going to be a weird take, because I still like the show, but I think as soon as they got rid... got turned away from the whole sitcom gimmick... It just kind of feels like I'm every other Marvel movie now, which I like. This is a personal take. I don't think the One Division's bad at all. It just ever since we've lost that whole sitcom gimmick, I've kind of become less interested. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could understand where you're coming from, but I'm glued. Right. Well, like I'm still gonna watch it, but like, like kind of when I I talked about when the One Division first came out, I really was enjoying the experimental kind of feel to it like doing the sitcom um like i am excited i will watch it and i'll geek out because i'm a comic book lover and all this stuff and, oh look they're doing the whole vision um, merging arc um we might get ultron back um this is gonna set up the mcu and stuff but like i don't know i'm just not as excited as like i was like oh i can't wait to see how they're gonna change up filming and stuff now um, but we'll see. Maybe maybe next week will just blow my mind. But um, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked the episode. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Right. It's like her kind of delving into her memories and watching her go through some shit. And also, like, getting to put a face to a name, I guess, if you will. But, like, some visuals to Pietro and her story from the second yeah. movie. Yeah. That was cool, but I will say it was kind of deflating uh, now knowing that Agatha was the cause of this recasting of Pietro. Yeah. Although, I that... guess you could still make some connections because they did intentionally choose the same actor. Right. I, I So to go off on that, like I know a lot of people online are now like, oh, this was an Easter egg for the fans. I think that's... <laughs> a bad thing if like you just put him in as an easter egg because of the implications like right. you're building this whole thing <laughs> i mean yeah not the... god damn it <laughs> because of the dentist system obviously but, but no but because like if you put in an actor already playing that it's it's confusing first of all the easter egg is i don't know i i i am kind of disappointed that if they just pulled i mean I hope that's not the case. I, that's the thing. I hope it's not the case. We can only really speculate right now, but like something like that should have a bigger impact than just being an Easter egg. Um, that just sounds feels very fan servicey when it could be very more impactful than it actually is, which right. would suck. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
the implication. <laughs> no, honestly, though, it's the implication. Even though it was like this. I can't. His name escapes me right now. The actor. Um, I can't. Remember. Uh, anyway, the Evan Peters, Peter Evans. Evan Peters, yeah. Um, two first though, names. Like, them choosing him. <laughs> Them choosing Evan Peters to play this role specifically is just like it's such a stretch. Right, right. That's you the know? thing. Like you, uh, that's why. Um... But it's like I, I don't think that I, I think that uh, I think it was made with. Right. I hope they did it with intention. Um, I hopefully we get like oh he was pulled from that, especially because you're doing a bunch of multiverse right. things. Like, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of where my head's at because like. Perhaps Agatha yeah. is pulling from other sources because she can. Like, right, you know? right. And th- this is kind of something that Marvel has done in the past, which I've always not liked. Is like, like they are very good at like being like, all right, this is a story we need. To, we need to get to this point. But like, they've also had it like the beginnings. Like we saw the Infinity Gauntlet and like Thor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and true. then we had to re like retcon it way down, being like, oh no, that wasn't the Infinity Gauntlet. Like. I hope that this Evan Peters Quicksilver thing doesn't become that. Being like, oh, look, yeah. multiverse, there's X-Men now. Oh, that that was just the, whoa, yeah, accident. Now, whoopsies. <laughs> yeah. In a new Quicksilver. <laughs> but again, this is all speculation. I could look like an asshole next week when they could be actually have implications. Um, but we'll see. It's the big episode. Um, Even in the post credit. Right. Like, but then, like, the Funko Pop came out, and there was, like, quotations around it, and it's like, okay, I, like, his name had, um, Pedro Maximoff had, like, quotations around it, like, ooh, it's like, okay, I, I don't know, we'll see, we'll, we'll talk about it next week, obviously, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the end of it next week, we'll see how it goes, um, yeah, but, um, I'm excited for it, like I said, all the stuff I said about it wasn't me being like, oh, the movie, the show sucks, I'm not enjoying it, I'm, I just I think thought the first half was stronger, and I'm excited to see how they end it. Um, yeah. Any other MCU stuff we have on the docket? I can't really think of anything. Falcon and Winter Soldier is upcoming very very soon. I think yeah. Like the week after Wandavision ends. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they're kind of doing back to back to back with that thing. And I'm very excited about that. Also, uh, we never discussed like the Loki trailer or anything when that was a thing, but it's fine. That's also going. That's to be like coming out like in June. I'm excited. I'm, I mean, that's probably the that's show I'm most really excited great. for. Yeah, I mean, I'm real biased because I really like Tom Hiddleston. Right, he's a good actor. I, I like him yeah. too. Um, uh, and Loki's a fantastic character. Yeah, Loki's really awesome. It kind of um, seems like they're doing the Umbrella Academy thing. Like, I, I'm yeah. getting kind of Umbrella Academy vibes from it, which is a good thing. Yeah, and anything that uh, involves uh, cosmic love. Oh, wow. Oh, I thought you were going to say um, <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> no, I mean, I do like <laughs> Owen Wilson. I do love these people. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> um, no, but, like, now that the MCU has sort of, you know, transcended the material planes <laughs> they yeah. moved into like asgard and stuff and right. they are dealing with cosmic forces things are bigger they're badder and uh you get to have cool stories about loki and thor and these right big time guys it's nice yeah yeah absolutely I think that's all i have to say about the yeah i think we got some like 
Eternals art. I, I like, we've seen like the Eternals fucking teasers for the last like five years, it feels like. So until yeah. I get a trailer, I don't really so, care. It, I think that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is like all canon, right? Dude, I don't know anymore. <laughs> Like, I, I think so, but, like, I don't know if Inhumans is, but, like, Inhumans played a role in Agent of the Shield. And, like, so I don't know. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Inhumans, I heard, was just awful. I did not watch it. I didn't watch it either because I heard it was just awful. And Agents of Shield, I've heard, is real good, but, uh. I heard some I, seasons kind of suck, really but I heard, yeah, it's good. It, but I just recently learned. All that stuff about Ghost Rider and mm-hmm. Absorbing Man is in it and like yeah. other cool stuff. So I uh, Yeah, that's I, kind of just that's that's how I feel about all Marvel stuff until I see it. <laughs> yeah, and like I feel like I wanna watch like this show because yeah. uh at some point or another, like the blip happens, right? The snap. Yeah. So I don't know if that's included in the show because if it is, all I, the questions will be answered. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of exhausting how much Marvel stuff there is. True. Um, because I was kind of—I guess we're gonna stay in Marvel for a little bit longer. I was kind of thinking about it like people who aren't familiar, kind of with the MCU, like watching WandaVision, kind of feels weird. I feel like it would feel weird. Uh, yeah. I mean, they do a good job of, like, connecting the dots and doing flashbacks and stuff, but it's still, like, it's a lot. Right, to, I, I to feel like it would be confusing. all of that would require so much exposition. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, it just kind of brought me to more, like, an existential, like, thought. Like, I, I've always kind of felt weird about, like, movies, kind of like the whole MCU, like, you have to, like, kind of do homework to watch a movie and to get the full enjoyment. I kind of like the idea of, like, movies standing on their own and television standing... But, like, that's not the MCU. That's, like, not the purpose of the MCU. Um, because right. the MCU is everything is connected. But I can see, like, how it's exhausting if you didn't watch anything. Or, like, not exhausting, but just confusing. Um, yeah, and, or, like, less gripping. Yeah, and my whole thought of that is, like... I think DC's trying to, like, remake, like, Constantine or something again, and it's like, is it connected? Is there else? Is it Elseworlds? Is anyone even gonna know what the fuck Elseworlds is who doesn't read the comics? Like, I'm I'm kind of, it feels like Hollywood is making a lot of things connected now, and I just, I, it's exhausting, man. Exhausting having to watch three things to be able to like watch a television show, then watch a mini series, then watch an animated short just to fully understand a movie. That's exhausting. Right. So, like, in order to get the full story of Darth Maul, I have to watch uh, a movie, three movies, yeah, uh, that are fucking 20 years old, and then I have to watch a cartoon, yep. and it's like four. Spread out somewhere across three seasons of this cartoon. <laughs> right, it's it's exhausting. That, but I'm just yeah. saying, like that's the shit I had to go through to like learn about what happened to Darth Maul in in like the canon world, and that is exhausting. That's a lot. It required yeah. me to do like some YouTube research, which I mean, admittedly, did drive me to some cool people, but right, not the point. But no, I mean, like that's the thing. I like I know me and you we both like doing research on that stuff. We love learning more about it. But like ugh, I just I, I was thinking about that watching WandaVision. I was like this can be is like kind of a like, exhausting like just knowing and like it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. Um 
It's exciting uh, for me, but it's only exciting because I've seen everything. Right, exactly. Um, so, and yeah. I don't I know what point I was trying to make. Shields was uh, canon. Yeah. That it started out kind of canon, and it's just, like, diminished over the <laughs> See, years. See, what the fuck does that even... Okay. <laughs> so, like, uh, I don't get it. I don't Yeah. Know. Like, and so... I don't want to keep talking about Marvel for this entire episode, but, um, like, I think, like, a good example of kind of having more self-contained stories kind of without connecting anything is, like, how Daredevil was. But, like, even now that might be connected to the MCU. Everything's... Which it would be great, but then it's, like, confusing. Like, why weren't you there during fucking... Right. Where were you during the snap? Why didn't you defend Hell's <laughs> yeah. Kitchen from the fucking aliens? Right. Where was, where was the fucking Defenders at? Where was yeah. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Iron and Fist? And why doesn't anyone give a shit about them? Yeah, why what? doesn't Iron Man know that there's like a person out there that can control people's fucking minds until their heads explode? Like that was a thing, right? right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't even know what this was about. Some of the shit that the defenders dealt with were definitely like Avengers level shit. Yeah, the hand skyscraper. The the fucking hand. (laughs) Thousand year old organization hiding under New York, and the Avengers just have no idea or don't give a shit when skyscrapers explode. I don't understand. Iron Fist literally has like the power of a dragon, and Doctor Strange (laughs) isn't aware of it. Like, what the fuck? I, I just, I don't understand. Like, it would be neat if they were connected, but those ones even seem like a stretch now. Yeah, and so I don't know. And then, like, how does the Punisher fit in the MCU? It's like, okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so anyway, let's talk, let's let's move on. Um, Because we could talk about it. Let's still... Raise more questions than answers. Exactly. I don't even know what the whole point of me bringing that up was. It was like a good question. It was just like me being like, what the fuck? There's so much shit. Um... Let's stay under the Disney umbrella because it's over, it's extending forever and ever, and we're never going to escape it. Um, did you see the new Pixar trailer for Luca? Uh, for for what? For Luca? I think so. It was. It's, it's, it's like a, it on the TV. It's an Italian villa. Um, there's two. It's adorable. Let me, let me, yeah, adorable. it's adorable. I mean, Pixar doesn't miss. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I that was adorable. That's all I really have to say about that. But like, I I still haven't seen Soul, but I heard that's amazing. Yeah, um, I heard Soul was. I, I I I'm not emotionally ready for it because everyone I've I've talked to has watched it has cried, even though I walked, cried watching Train okay, to Busan. So I've been, yeah, me too. And I've been sitting on the last episode of The Good Place for like six months. <laughs> right, that is an emotional. I don't watch it. I just <laughs> no, I feel that. I don't want to feel. <laughs> right, I feel that. Um, but that looks good. I I, th- I like that. Um, I kind of like how Pixar has been kind of going and exploring other uh, like cultures lately. Kind of like with Coco. Um, we have Luca now. There was another one that was like, uh, uh, isn't? Yeah. Um. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, Moana. Moana. Like I I really like that they're doing that because there's a lot of like if anything like. There's an entire world of stories. I am glad we like we're getting to see other ones. Um, this one looks cool. It looks it looks endearing, like all Pixar movies. For those who haven't seen the trailer, it like takes place on like an Italian city, um, on the like coast. So mm-hmm. like those very pastel buildings, um, and there's gelato and people riding mopeds. 
But it seems like it's a, like a story about like two kids, which like for the first part of the trailer, again, spoilers, it's a trailer, it's three minutes, I don't know if there's spoilers for it, but like they're like, oh, it's kids, there's a bunch of kids hanging out, and then you find out at like the end that two of the kids are like actually sea monsters, and like the town doesn't like sea monsters, so we're probably going to get some touching story about, it's just that's Pixar does. Sea monsters. Yeah, so it'll be it's cool. These were like, hi, only watch the trailer because like it makes me cry and that's enough. Right. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch anything or like the it, it looks great. It looks fantastic. Like I said, Pixar doesn't miss. I don't think they they're good. They have their storytelling down. They might all their stories might be similar-ish, but they they know what to do. They got the whole hero's journey down. So that should be good. Um, let's talk about some a director that is bad at doing the hero's journey. I'm kidding, um, but let's talk about a zombie movie. Actually, before we talk about that trailer, um, what? the Army of the Dead trailer. Did you watch oh, it? Oh, yeah. I right, before we get to that, let's um, let's talk about the Avatar news. Um, it was really big news. I haven't watched Avatar since I was a kid. Like MII? What? Like what? Avatar. <laughs> like Avatar The Last Airbender? Yeah, Um. so... How how connected are you to the franchise? I am approximately five percent connected to the franchise. Okay, so I know like our friends love it, and yeah, and I know who Cora is, and that's like the extent of my knowledge. Exactly. Wait, wait, Cora? No, that's that that's Aang. That's who I know. <laughs> right. So I don't even know if well, we should be discussing this because we don't know shit about it. I am an idiot. I watched it as a kid. I really liked it. Um, But anyway, the big news this week was uh, Avatar The Last Airbender franchise to expand with the launch of Nickelodeon's new studio dedicated solely to Avatar The Last Airbender and we are getting theatrical films, um, animated theatrical films and more stuff coming from that. If you are an Avatar fan, that is big news. I, like I said, I watched it as a kid. Don't really have too big of a connection. I'm not, it's a good show. Um... Yeah, I have nothing bad to say about it. That's I don't have anything to add to it, I guess. That are into that. Yeah, so congrats if you like Avatar. <laughs> That's my old, I guess, congrats if you like yeah. Avatar. It's like a, a good content. I, I don't know. Yeah, enjoy Avatar lovers. Uh, oh, there. Okay, there was some smaller news I want to talk to you before. I think we, we round off this entire segment with talking about Army of the Dead because I have a lot to say about it. Um, so there's a couple new things that kind of have, I've seen just like blips of this last week that have got me interested. Um, the first one is the new, uh, Reno 911 movie. Oh, shit. The That's only problem amazing. is it's going to be on Paramount Plus, which God damn it. Stop Another making streaming service. <laughs> yeah. What do you want from me? Exactly. But it is called Reno 911, the hunt for QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if anything's gonna make me get a Paramount Paramount Plus subscription, it is that title to that movie. That sounds fucking hilarious. Oh my gosh! Right. <laughs> Give me that uh, free one month subscription. Exactly. I'll do the weekend. I'll just watch it. Um, I don't. I so Reno Nine One One is kind of like in this weird place. I don't know if like people younger than us know about it. Not like just because like I don't feel like it. Does it does it still play in Comedy Central? I have no idea, but I can guarantee you there is a large percentage of an entire generation that like has no idea what that is. Right, it's great. Watch it. It is hilarious. Um, like 
multiple generations. It's really funny. <laughs> it's it's uh it's about an incompetent uh police <laughs> station. Incompetent. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> And they get into funny situations, but, like, really stupid funny situations. It's almost like skits. It's almost like police skits. Um, all the characters are, like, pushed to the limit. Like, no one is normal in it. Like, they all have their really strange quirks, and it is pretty damn funny. Like, cops, if instead of <laughs> cops being, like, real and dangerous all the time, it was just yeah. a bunch of fucking assholes like, pretending to be cops, but they keep showing up at, like, real crimes. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. And you probably will watch it. You'll see like a lot of comedians that you're aware of because a lot of comedians got like their start on that show too. Mm-hmm. Like um like I think Keenan not Keenan, um I can't remember. There's it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, Keenan Field. I think they started got started on it. Um it's good, it's good stuff. Do people even know about Keenan Peel? I don't okay. We're, I don't like let's get off this nostalgia chip. Um let's talk about this other one. That movie looks fucking hilarious i'm gonna i mean i didn't even watch a trailer or anything i just saw the title i'm in um so i a good title the first movie was great honestly if you want like a decent introduction to the series uh isn't that when they're in the florida yeah i think it's just called reno 911 miami it's just a movie yeah it's like uh, it's it's fucking hilarious but like the show really is uh it helps a little bit but you don't really need the show no. <laughs> to enjoy the movie. And it's not like, the show isn't like you have to watch episode after episode after episode. It's like, you can pick and choose what episode you want. Yeah, it's like you cops. Like, you can just go wherever. Yeah, but it's so much better than cops. It doesn't funny. make you feel bad like watching cops. Yeah, yeah, cops makes me feel bad. That I, I, hate, I hate cops. Um, Which, <laughs> soundbite, I guess? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, let's just move on. <laughs> Sure. Oh, no. Okay, let's just move on. Um, so, uh, David Fincher is reteaming with the seventh screenwriter for a new movie. Shane. Zach. David Fincher. Yeah. Is making a movie. Eli Roth. <laughs> what do you think? For those who don't know, David Fincher, Mindhunter, Seven, Zodiac, um, those type of movies shows that is what fincher is known for i like his stuff i think he does tension really well he is writing a new movie and directing it the title the fucking title what do you think the title is Mm, deception no i have no idea david fincher (laughs) the person who has made his career making movies about serial killers new movie is called the killer I literally had to walk away from my computer when I wrote it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like J.J. Abrams making a movie called Lens Flare. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'll watch it. I love Fincher's stuff. Absolutely. But like, it's like, okay. Damn it. Have you seen the trailer for uh, Zack Snyder's newest superhero film? It's called Slow <laughs> Slow Mo. It's called All Action, No Substance. Um, but yeah, it's called The Killer, and I just, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, it is the most David Fincher title I've ever heard. Um, oh, I should have been able to guess that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, oh, there was one other news about the MCU that I missed. Wesley Snipes is mad that he's not in the new Blade, so he's making his own Blade Killer movie he called. <laughs> so that's a thing. I <laughs> don't know what the fuck that means, but he's doing that. Who got cast as a new Blade? I don't even know if they've announced it yet. <laughs> well, we know it's not Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, which... I, so I guess we can assume that that part of that Marvel universe over there in Bladeland is... Yeah. Canon. I don't think you could actually... That means you, no Triple H. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could take those movies and put in the MCU. Those movies are fucking something else. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're literally uh, like a fever dream. Oh, wait. Okay, talking about weird MCU stuff... The person who is going to play Blade was the same actor who played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage. <laughs> Why? I mean, he's a good actor, like 100%. Um, um, he was in uh, Attila in True Detective, the season two, I think. Interesting. But, like, why? Is there. Where did you find this information? IMDb. New Blade? Yeah. Blade. Yeah, it's just called Blade. <laughs> I think it's coming out like 2023. 2023? I don't know. I Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, which he was really good at Cottonmouth. I think one of the better villains. Um, I think ah, Luke Cage had a really good yeah, villain. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I I, this. But like again, like if. He somehow, somehow those shows are made canon in the MCU. Oh, the fuck yeah. is, is... How the fuck did that work? I don't know. Because literally the first person that came to my mind... Oh, shit. This is Uncle Aaron from from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, The first person that came to my mind when we were talking about Blade was uh, uh Michael... Michael B. Jordan. Jordan, yeah. That's kind of who I thought, too, because he's pop... Like, Talk about an actor who's popping off right now. Real. He is really just something else, man. Yeah. And uh, he'd make a pretty cool blade, but he's he dating also Steve Harvey's daughter. Killmonger, what? He's dating Steve Harvey's daughter. I just know that tidbit just saw on the TV. But yeah, go ahead. But yeah, he would also make a. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he, uh, he would make an amazing blade, although. Uh, yeah, he was, already, he was already a villain. Yeah, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> but I, at this point, MCU might take us to. I don't know. I I mean, so maybe I, I don't know. Let's. Man. No more MCU talk. <laughs> at least Ryan Reynolds is gonna be dead. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> what I look for in my Marvel movies, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk. This last thing before we get into Train Busan is the zombies going to zombies. So mm -hmm. I, I gotta say. Uh, we're about to talk about Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead official teaser. Um, I watched the teaser after I watched to train to train to Busan. I can't tell you how fast I shifted from wow, zombie movies are so great, they're fantastic cinema, they can tell compelling stories, they've always been about fantastic social commentary, all the way back to the origin <laughs> of zombie movies. These are a great way to to go through themes and things plaguing the world such as corruption and greed and corporations and stuff and then I watched fucking Army of the Dead I was like I fucking hate everything <laughs> <laughs> oh man someone lied right to you yeah <laughs> I hate I like watched it and I was like 
I was so like, I was like, oh, I started writing things for like a, an episode on my YouTube where I was going to talk about how zombie movies are like, I've always been tied to social commentary because they have, and they've always been like a great way to like talk about society as a whole and use them as themes and stuff. And then I watched Army of the Dead. I was like, yeah, okay. I think that the idea of a zombie is yeah. a play on social, like is a social. Comedy. It is Romero. Um, you like, however. yeah. Not all movies take it in that direction. Some people are just like, here's a zombie, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just what they do with it. Which I think sucks. Well, I mean, uh, so I won't say sucks. I think I came up with a theory. So the good zombie movies, like Train to Busan, um, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Shaun of the Dead even, use zombies yeah. as a storytelling device in which they are an external threat, but you can still explore the themes like night of the living dead um dealt with race that's what romero wanted to do it's a fantastic movie um but had races like the main tension um dawn of the dead took place in a mall for a reason it was about the 70s and 80s consumerist culture that is why romero wanted to do about it that is why you get those long extended shots of the zombies walking through a mall it's why the mall is so important in that movie um Shaun of the dead is a play on like how you can get stuck in your old ways and become a zombie in a terms like i just always think of probably one of my favorite shots of edgar wright's is um when sean walks the first time we see him he walks to the grocery the, the convenience store and back and then we get the same identical shot frame for frame except they're zombies now but he's so self-involved with himself that he doesn't even notice they're zombies like those are good zombie movies because the zombies are there and train to busan obviously deals with greed we'll get into that when we talk about it but like those are good movies because they use zombies in that way how the fuck are you going to do anything i'll let you talk i first i don't know this movie this, this trailer made me actually mad um well i don't think it did that to me <laughs> but i'm here for you yes my friend. I, am I just here for you. i just but have a question i, I yeah. laughed a lot and i did yeah. not take it very seriously right. when i saw dave batista i literally laughed out loud like that i looked so stupid my favorite stand-up comedian <laughs> yeah. i looked up to the sky with bellowing <laughs> belly laughter and ha 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 because i thought it was so fucking hilarious when I saw him, I just, I knew exactly like Dude, it how looks it was so stupid. Go. See, okay, I agree with you with that. I, I did think it is going to be stupid. I did think the action part were pretty cool and like it is going to be funny. It just, it seemed so serious though. Like, <laughs> I. Staying and, itself yeah, exactly. It's taking itself it's way too seriously. <laughs> like, if you're going to do a stupid, like, this is pretty much, um,. What is that zombie game where you're in Las Vegas? Oh, Dead Rising. Yeah, it's pretty much a Dead Rising movie. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> but like it doesn't it seems like it's taking itself very seriously. It's like yeah. don't. Yeah. Uh, and then my my main question is zombie apocalypse, right? Uh, yeah. Why the fuck are you stealing money? What's the importance of money anymore? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't get that. And my assumption was, like, initially that perhaps, you know, they're robbing this place and then the zombie apocalypse But happens. no! But it's like, now nah, what's going on? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't really get it. 
I'll I watch it. it, but I'll probably hate it. I I I think if it, uh, I I think if they didn't take it as seriously as the trailer did, it would be a fun movie to watch. But right now, it seems like we're gonna get some. Zack Snyder doesn't do comedy. Nah. Zack Snyder does not do comedy. Comedy, and also he doesn't really do. If we're talking about the social commentary, which I was talking about zombie movies, Zack Snyder also likes to try to put some weird social co- like commentary yeah. into his movies. Like, okay, Zack Snyder, I. Oh yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Okay, Zack Snyder, you weren't the first person to put the Jesus allegory on Superman. Every other shot doesn't have to be him with his arms up. And now we, you have like the Joker, like in the Jesus pose, like in the new Justice yeah. League promos. It's like, dude, your social commentary is so stupid. <laughs> Stop it. I think we're gonna get like a commentary that's like money bad in Army of the Dead because they're in Las Vegas and trying to rob it. But it's not gonna be like the greatness of Train to Busan where greed is bad. It's just gonna be like, wow, we're dumb. We tried to get money when money's not important anymore. <laughs> oh man, this this is literally the first line of the description is just blowing me away, mm-hmm. right? Following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. Yeah. Comma. <laughs> That's just the first half of the sentence. Yeah. That's terrible things. Uh, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble. Right. See, and the thing, like, you add mercenaries onto that, like, what kind of character development are we going to get that? We already know if they're mercenaries and they're willing to go into a zombie outbreak for money, that their characters probably suck. Not like suck like they're not well written, which that's debatable if they'll be well written, but like it's not like survivors trying to survive a zombie outbreak. These people seem like they're doing fine in a zombie outbreak and they just want money. I don't know. Uh, yeah, go. <laughs> Venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever. Oh my god. Now, don't everybody put your hands up all at once, but I'd like to know, how's this movie gonna go? Yeah. These fucking assholes are gonna go in <laughs> to a zombie outbreak that already happened right. in Las Vegas, yep. where they're having the hype. That's where it started. It says it right here. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna go die. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, you're just paying money to see Huma, uh, Huma Qureshi, Dave yeah. Batista, Ella Pernal, Anna De La Reguera, and Omari Hardwick get eaten by zombies. That's it. Pretty much. And like, <sighs> I hope Batista makes it out alive. That's all I care about. He's gonna die though, but it's gonna be badass. I don't like that they use Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Listen, he made her Dawn yeah. of the Dead, but it's not his. <laughs> Uh, this Romero's movie that was a good zombie movie because it was Romero's idea that you made look interesting that is the one thing I will give Zack Snyder you can make interesting looking films you just can't make interesting films sometimes same same with Watchmen people like Watchmen will be like oh Zack Snyder's Watchmen is great you made it look cool Alan Moore made Watchmen Watchmen right oh so I don't know um also like the song choice for the trailer, you're in Vegas. Why isn't why isn't it like Elvis or like Viva Las Vegas? I can't even remember what it was. It was some generic song that I didn't even... I don't know either, but I'm half tempted to play it and risk the DMCA strike. I'm just going to make, sh- make sure my system is muted. I'm going to listen to it. I need to... I, I want to see what it is. It's some slowdown song. 
Seven Nation Army good Dude, I'm uh, surprised. <laughs> is Army of the Dead a sequel to Dawn of the Dead? Right, and then like... No, it's a first chapter in a new zombie shared universe for Netflix, which is also producing a prequel film and an anime series that explore other aspects of Snyder's latest undead creation. I don't even know what the song is. Yeah, so that's my other problem with it. You named it Army of the Dead after you made a movie called Dawn of the Dead. How are people not going to think that's connected? Right. Where the fuck is Bing Rhymes? <laughs> also, we've, as I read in a comment, the French title for, Tarmy, for Dawn of the Dead is Army of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. Oh, also, I'll like... Shit together. <laughs> Netflix movies are also very kind of like hit or miss. And I want to say they miss more times than they hit, but the ones that they do hit are pretty good. Yeah, so it's funny that you say that, because my movie pick is actually a Netflix original. Okay. Oh, I, I think I know what one. It's that um, Tom Holland one. I haven't seen it. I'm a, I am know. I don't know the name. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, I, I do want to see that. But like I said, there is good stuff. Like um, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs was pretty good. Um, so amazing. I love that movie. Yeah. I want to see. Okay, That's that was serious. not a Netflix original best list because Clockwork Orange wasn't a fucking Netflix movie. Just go to Netflix and. and oh yeah, I can do that. Let's just do that. For God, I can do that. Um. Oh no! Don't play music. Oh yeah. Also, uh, hide your identity. Yeah, I'm just showing my face. Um, Netflix originals. Let's see. Uh, I heard Murder Mystery was good. I mean, maybe not. I don't think. Come on, dude. Yeah, no. Come on. Uh, <laughs> never mind. I think I'm thinking something else. Are we doing strictly movies? Well, if we're not doing strictly movies, they did do like Stranger yeah, Things, which is pretty good. Shows good, but if we're doing just movies, ah, ah. What? Okay. Sorry, just making lots of noise. Um, God, why does Netflix interface still suck? There was, uh, they have a bunch of Netflix documentaries that are sweet. Yeah. Um, I really thought that the old guard was done pretty well. Um, that was a cool movie. Uh, I think it's called Extraction was pretty good. I Care A Lot was pretty cool. The Ridiculous Six sucked so bad. Yeah, I saw the devil was obvious, or not? I saw the devil. Um, um, uh, the devil all the time was obviously really good. Yeah, I like Gerald's game. Uh, there's this one called uh, Babysitter was pretty okay. Oh my gosh, I have to find it before I blow it. Yeah, I care a lot. Was really cool. but anyway, like they do have hits. It just most of the times they're not. Yeah, there is uh, a lot. Of yeah, there's a lot of them that just don't aren't good. Um, but we'll see. Hold the dark. That 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 one. I mean, I I don't think I, if we're doing Rotten Tomatoes, which I um I I think this is going to get a between a thirty and a forty percent. What train to Busan? 
No, oh, Train right. to Busan is uh, fucking amazing. I'm talking about the Army of the Dead. Army Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, and I, uh, I guess, no offense to Rotten Tomatoes, not that I give a shit or anything. But right. I don't really pay attention to their scores. No. Like, I don't either. I want to know how good a movie is. I fucking watch it. I mean, I don't do that to every movie. There's a lot of movies, but well, I get, I get the sentiment. I get the yeah, sentiment. There are some that you can just look at the title and like, yeah, like, yeah, this is gonna be a sticker. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I think that movie's gonna suck. I think. Um. <laughs> I think if someone up. else, dir- if someone else was directing it, it would be better. Um. I'm throwing. I'm throwing a lot of shade at Zack Snyder, but at this point, he keeps making really stupid movies. Um, I mean, your track record isn't exactly holding up. He's there, too but... serious. Like, oh my god. Lighten up, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. Like, you've had tragedy, like, in your life. And I'm not talking about that part of it. Like, his movies have always been so... Like, he got success from 300. And t- you can talk about, like, directors and stuff, even though they do work in the same medium and they work with the same ideas. Like, Fincher serial killers they at least adapt and evolve and change their style Zack snyder hasn't changed his style since 300 yeah name a single Zack snyder film since 300 that hasn't had slow-mo or been incredibly desaturated um i i think you could there could be different like army of the dead like if make it a, a horror director could do better make give it to james wan um who was Fast and Fierce? At least Give he... it to Taika Waititi. Yes, or Edgar Wright. <laughs> I think Taika Waititi would take this idea and fucking run with it. Hey, I agree. I've worked together before. Right. And, like, you can give it to, like, James Wan, who did Fast and Furious 7. Like, I don't usually say, hey, make your movie more like Fast and Furious, the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. But at least the Fast and Furious franchise at this point in time is self-aware that they're making stupid movies. Right. And then when I say stupid, I mean, like, they're still fun. Fast and Furious 7, I talk about all the time on that movie. is such yeah. a fun movie. I mean, Watch. We'll take average people and we'll make them superheroes. <laughs> exactly. Like... Yeah. Uh, like uh, just uh, I it was it was it probably didn't help that I watched the trailer after I did watch Train to Busan, which is a brilliant zombie movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I went and watched videos of puppies after I watched Train to Busan. Oh no, I watched more zombie movies. Um, <laughs> I watched White Zombie I again. Ended up watching Daybreak later in the day. <laughs> nice. I I was gonna watch um, uh, the sequel. Let's okay. So, before we start talking about Train to Busan, um, everyone, this week, we're talking about Train to Busan, the 2016 zombie movie directed by Seng Ho Yeon. Hopefully I'm saying that right. I'm really bad at speaking English, so I can barely speak sometimes. But um, it was a Korean horror film from 2016 that blew up. This movie is one of the highest grossing South Korean movies of all time. It is one of... It, 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 did did you know the budget of this movie? No. Eight million. Interesting. It made so much more than that. I believe it. Um, which just ties back to my idea that horror movies make them low budget and they're amazing. Um, yeah, great cast, low budget. Yeah. 
So, spoilers alert for Train to Busan. Um, I think before we talk about it, let's kind of go through what happened in it, kind of like describe the movie. Um, the log line for it is, While well, a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, passengers struggle to survive on the train from Seoul to Busan. Pretty simple. Um, you have a father and a daughter. Um, at first, we find out the father uh, is um, a hedge manager. He is... The, I don't want to say stereotypical, there's like a lot of like very like stereotypical things kind of done in this movie, but I think done well. Um, we have the father who is disconnected from his daughter, he works too much, this is something that happens in a lot of movies. Um, we even get that whole tried and true, it's his daughter's birthday, he brings home a present, she already has the gift. Um, there's a disconnect, we get that, um, which really plays into Train to Busan's idea about playing with greed and kind of um, people with a work culture and stuff. Um, but well, anyway, oh, go, go. Yes, it was a we. Um, like, it's surprising that he could possibly ever forget that he purchased this. Fucking exactly. Like, exactly. Like it's a it's a Wii <laughs> it's a Wii U or something um which in 2016 yeah super expensive and you can really see the disconnect here this person in the beginning you he really only cares about money um we actually kind of get a little bit of foreshadowing too um he is looking on his computer about like all these um reports of animals and fish dying and toxic spills for some of the companies that he works for which are like biotech companies. Um, and I should say, even before we get this, like, the first five minutes of the movie kind of does the Resident Evil 2 thing, where a driver hits a deer, and we see the deer die, and then come back to life. Mm -hmm. Sets up the movie. I think, it actually, I, let's talk about that a little bit longer. I think that's a brilliant way to set up how the zombies work in this case. Because, yeah. like, there's always that question, like, how do your zombies work in your movie? Are they affected by like inhaling some strange gas does it have to be a bite um do they immediately change can they be killed all that kind of stuff and we see a uh, deer get run over completely it go like the car drives away we see um the trademarks of the zombie in this movie we see the deer's eye go foggy white and it kind of started getting veiny and stuff which is how you can tell someone is a zombie in this movie i think it does a, it's a pretty simple scene that sets up what we're going to have to expect how zombies are going to work in this world. Sure. I think it's really well done. Um, but anyway, we get that first. We have the main character being a hedge fund father, um, works too much. Um, his daughter's birthday is tomorrow. Uh, there's a divorce happening, so we already have family drama going on. Um, and all she wants to do is go take the train to Busan to see her mother. Um, and it's kind of a struggle for the dad to do that. He really is dedicated to work again, really hammering this into the movie because that is a very big part of it. Um, they really hammer it in, in the movie too, being like, Hey, this dad rich, but really dedicated to work, not really caring about the family. Um, we've, we've seen it done in a lot of movies, but it's, it's there. Um, then we go forward the next day they're driving, um, Buildings are on fire. Shit's going bad, but whatever. They get on the train, and they begin heading to Busan. Uh, we see that a zombie makes its way, her way, onto the train. Um, we get introduced to a lot of characters here. We get um, some older women who are sisters. We get a man and his wife who is expecting a child. She is pregnant. 
um we get a homeless man on the train we train we get a ceo who is going to become the villain the fucking worst dude the first the fucking worst diabolical motherfucker that's ever the fucking worst yeah like i know when i'm watching a movie with my dad and he says this fucking guy yeah like that's when you know (laughs) and i absolutely as we're approaching this part in the movie i think that this is like not not just zombies this is like one of the coolest like monster reveals yes agreed in a movie and on top of that i like that the reveal to our quote-unquote hero is different Mm -hmm. than like the reveal to the viewer right first view the first shot for you is very scary very intimidating very much like holy fuck this is like an insane zombie and it's a perfect introduction to like what these things are yeah and then when it's introduced to our main character it is like high intensity big action scary get the fuck out of there like where's your daughter go 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 yeah really uh, absolutely i think honestly one of the most terrifying adaptions of what a zombie is their twitching movement their faded eyes how they move i i can't honestly think of a zombie movie that has more like they kind of for everyone who hasn't seen the movie they kind of which i'm going to use another movie to reference this uh the nurses in silent hill kind of like like they twitch when they move it almost very unhuman like it's almost like they're having permanent seizures or like muscle spasms at all time like they're losing control of everything that's how these zombies are these zombies are terrifying yeah you don't just have the slowly walking you like these things they're quick they're violent mm-hmm. you know they're yeah. strong as fuck yeah um, i think that there is also these uh beautifully done like i think i'm pretty sure they're called match cuts um yes yes yeah just beautifully done where uh you know you are focused on like the daughter and I believe this is how it played out. You're like focused on the daughter and like kind of the zombie and the daughter walks into the bathroom and the door closes. So yep. you're just looking at a door and you think that that's where the zombie's going to go. Yep. And then it just like match cuts to, to something else. It was, it was just really well done. Yes, absolutely. Um, so anyway, I think like everyone knows at this point, like the this is part of the part that makes like it kind of very tense because like there's a zombie on the train, you know, shit's getting that is going to go bad the doors are closed they are moving they're on a train um and the zombie infection starts uh it kind of starts out with the people all the all the like i want to say like mainish characters that we have are all kind of in the same cabin the same train cart and they're Mm -hmm. all getting like oh shit things are going bad riots happening all around over korea um south korea and people like oh wow oh that like like, they're genuinely like freaking out because it makes sense that they would um and like news articles and the cell yeah. phone alerts. I think the main character gets a call from his analyst. Yeah, uh, uh, analyst Kim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing starts dude, to, I f- to yeah. really ramp up. And again, this is kind of like uh, like I don't want to like beat the head of like social commentary and zombie movies, but it is something I truly believe in. Um, it, there's parallels to how the zombies are used here for like like uh, Romero's consumerism and kind of how that. The main character is a fudge, a fudge manager, a fun, a hedge manager, um, and kind of like letting all these corporations kind of like hiding the leaks and stuff from it, which could have caused the zombie movie. We kind of get some of those tied in. 
um people freaking out the news not really telling the truth at all because we even have the government being like oh everything's fine and safe like we get some commentary there um exactly so i again i'm not gonna get my soapbox again zombie movies and social commentary are very intertwined they do a good job here and not like beating your head over with it but still seeing the parallels pretty easy um and then the, the infection blows up pretty much on the train I do like that there is, it's it's a bit vague, but there is like at least some form of an explanation as to like why yeah. this is happening. Yes. That's something we kind of lack in a lot of zombie media. So you have like, in the beginning, it's like, there's a leak in the hills and it's mm-hmm. like, you don't really know what it is. It's a leak. This guy can't fucking drive up the hill or whatever. Yeah. They have to kill his uh, pigs again. Yeah. Oh no. Just a leak. Yeah. Okay. So, but then later on you know, analyst Kim calls and mm-hmm. says that uh, there's a, there's a pretty good chance that this is because of our main character and like the, he was covering up these leads. Exactly. That That's pretty cool that they kind of provide an answer to the, the age old question. Like why the fuck is this happening? Right. Right. Exactly. I, I do like that. Like they do tie that in. Um, and it definitely goes full circle at the end. Um, but, uh, pretty much this next part, it's like hard to describe this next chunk. We, um, get some character development. The main character closes the door on the husband and the wife who is pregnant. Um, and we kind of see this as a defining character moment here because everyone's like, why the hell you're an asshole? Like zombies are coming. So you kind of have to, um, be like, oh, you have to protect yourself. But then like the main character tells his daughter, like, uh, why did you get like, so the scene that happens somewhat after that is um the daughter offers her seat up to um one of the older ladies and um the main character says to her um in this time you only really need to care about yourself it's really showing up what the main character is we're kind of it's very prominent in the first half of this movie that our main character is an asshole yeah he's pretty he's much fucking worse very selfish um get a good payoff yes it changes in the end um we get like a lot of people some more commentary like some other people talking about like uh the hedge managers and how they're selfish and the blood suckers and all that kind of stuff um there's a disdain we have and it's like a direct parallel to the husband of the person who is expecting a child um mm-hmm. he is very selfless and actually like he, he i love him too bad what happens yeah, dude, to him he's seriously like probably, he steals the show for me yeah he's the best he, and of course, spoilers alert, because he is the best, he dies. Yeah, <laughs> just, but he is by far the most badass person, and it's yeah. like, there really is, like, a a great arc with them. Like, in the yeah. beginning, they really don't like each other, they don't hit it off, even before the fucking zombies come. Right. Right. Like, And uh, then the zombies yeah. come, and then they really don't like each other, and then they kind of have to help each other out, and then by the end of this... They've established like a true camaraderie. He's like our main character is crying in this guy's mm-hmm. face. Yes. Literally crying to him, holding back hundreds of zombies as this dude's telling him, like, you have to fucking save yeah. my wife because I'm gonna die. Absolutely. And then uh, uh Yeah, then he yells out what he wanted his kid to be named. Yeah. This made me cry like so there, many times. There is. There's a lot of really good small stories within this um we get the sisters the two older women i was talking about their their sisters we kind of also get the same parallel between the greedy and the non-greedy with them um the one older sister has the egg and it's like why the other lady's like why are you doing that even though she's like looking out for her sister um there's one that's very selfless one that's very selfless um we get this 
story between um the wife and husband who are expecting a child how that um the kid is named sleepy <laughs> because uh the dad is too lazy to think of a name so which that pays I'm, off um i wish that that i could understand because I feel like in most cases like this, when you get the subtitles, it is yeah. like usually a pretty literal translation of what's being said. Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine for the most part, most of these people are not speaking like literal word by word. No, absolutely. Like translated Korean. I'd like to be able to understand some of the slang because I'm sure she would she didn't say like because my lazy husband she was probably like because this fucking piece of shit exactly like, exactly like, like there's definitely um some things that you it's just hard it's it's very hard to translate culture and cultural it norms makes smile more though like right. i'll read the captions and i'm like okay that's that's the translation but really this lady is like what the fuck dude like exactly <laughs> exactly like there is something because it is a south korean film um Shane and I are American, <laughs> like watching <laughs> surprise, um, watching films from other cultures, something I've done for, like I said, I went for school to, for it. Um, it's always really interesting. I, and I've always really liked watching films from other parts of the world because you, there is a human connection. Like we can understand what is happening between the husband and wife because it is a, human connection that he would like we understand the lazy husband not naming the child that is something there that we un understand um you, well there's oh go ahead you can enjoy this movie without reading a single subtitle um and and you you could just ignore the fact that people are talking at all they say so much in this film without saying anything at all yes exactly they they do a good uh the director does a very good job at taking the norms that we know in film and instead of reinventing the wheel instead of doing that taking the stories the hero's journey the the traditional storytelling points that we all know that it's all ingrained into our heads because of all the media we consume and it's like i said instead of reinventing the wheel he they use it instead as very a very polished they they polish it to make a very compelling story like train to busan is nothing new um mm -hmm. it is nothing that we haven't seen storytelling wise it is nothing like so crazy that it's like wow like this narrative device they're using is something i've never seen before but it really shows you that you can use the same thing that we all know even though it's in a different language and we can still connect with the characters because like you said you don't have to hear their words how the acting is so good in this and the camera work like you can tell what the story is just by seeing what's on the screen yeah it's like i said in the beginning when you have a good cast when you have people that really care about a film mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how much money you put into it exactly um, so like you have a small budget film and these people that really want it to turn out well and they really put their all into it I mean, our main character might say, like, a hundred words throughout this entire movie. Yeah. Um, he's not a really talkative guy, and most of the time in the end of the movie, he's fucking screaming and crying. Absolutely. And, uh, so it's like, you're able to connect with this man, like, so easily. You already know what he does. 
you know that he's disconnected from his daughter and you know the world's going to hell it's like this guy's yeah. fucked up he's going through some shit you know and, absolutely and it's to connect with him and and the actors they just do a really good job and overall this film's really good and i just want to say something about our our monster yeah because if I didn't fucking know any better, I would say that all of the effects in this movie were practical and there were actually people dressed as zombies throwing themselves off balconies and then getting up with broken arms and stuff. Right. There was, there is some parts that are definitely CG. Like oh, yeah. that low no, budget. I'm but, like saying, the zombies themselves are definitely yeah, practical. The, the practical effects that they use combined with some of the other stuff, like there's a scene when they all bust out of a window and fall off the subway. Dude, you know, it's so stuff. intense. Yeah. That part, like, if I didn't know any better, I'd say that those six dudes like actually ran out of that window and and fell off top of that subway. Right, target. absolutely. Like, fantastic. And for me to come into this podcast tonight and you tell me that they had an eight million dollar budget, mm-hmm. it's like kind of astounding. Which they, they did a fantastic job. For those who are not familiar with filmmaking or Hollywood or anything, eight millions is eight million for a budget is nothing. It is nothing i think i think the train to boost on remake is getting like a hundred million or some bullshit and, and honestly <laughs> i actually think i i don't know i could be completely wrong and just throwing things out into the air but it seems like they just used all actual stand-ins for most mm-hmm. of their zombie parts where people weren't actually risking their lives to make effects happen yeah but like where there's like huge crowds of zombies running and stuff like I wouldn't be surprised if there was actually a fucking 150 people dressed like zombies. Right, I would love to see a making of, um, but anyway, let's get through the story. Um, we're, so pretty much the rest of the story is pretty simple. Um, now that we have, there's a bunch of, like I said, we've talked about a bunch of smaller stories. Um, we've like, if we were going to talk about all the smaller stories, we'd have to make another podcast, but there's also a baseball team, um, a, which is a, uh, high school girl and a high school boy kind of having their own story arc really romeo and julia really it is and it's it's tragic um but pretty much they're on the train things go bad everyone starts freaking out they start dividing up the cars um they find out that if the zombies can't see them they won't go crazy which is comes in later it's a very cool way like um the pregnant woman puts up a bunch of paper on the windows and the zombies calm down so it kind of foreshadows hey if the zombies can't see they won't freak out um which we get into some really cool parts later with that um they get to the first train station into like pretty much an empty city this part is so eerie because they all get off the train station they've been through chaos like looking out the windows seeing zombie hordes killing people and they get to this train station and there is no one um we kind of find out um Something that is, uh, that this is one of the part, like parts that's like, if you're not familiar with the culture, it might be confusing because our main character had military ties. For those who don't know, most men, I don't know if it's women also now in the South Korea, in South Korea have to take, have to be part of the military at some part in their life. Most of them do. They have to, they go spend time in the South Korean military for a couple of years. Um, so he calls one of his, a lieutenant that he knows, and it's like, is this place safe to go? They kind of, finds out one part is safer than the other, doesn't tell anyone, kind of still showing how selfish he is. But as they're going through this desolate city with no one there. Transition. Yeah. Like, there's nothing there. It is quiet. Yeah. Um, it, there's nothing there. It is quiet. And they get to this part where they see a bunch of military uniforms and we're starting to get context clues as we get closer there that the military has fallen. They did not win this fight. And we get this 
race back to the train as the military chases and the military zombies begin chasing all of our heroes all of our main characters back to the train and this part is fucking intense um we get them like like shane you said they fall out of windows onto the train um but it's also the first time where we get the main character kind of working a little bit more or less selflessly um he they him the baseball players oh go ahead i think this is that part where our hero like begins his transition yes to to not being a piece of shit exactly abandoning his daughter yeah yep he's like literally there's a point where he's literally stuck between his own selfishness and Mm -hmm. his own future yep and he has to choose in that moment and of course he makes the the choice to run for his daughter but like yes there's a point where our character's decisions have put him his selfishness and the only thing he gives a shit about and yes i love that kind of like story point so anyway carry on (laughs) <laughs> yes. So anyway, they all race back to the train. I think this is uh, one of the most crucial parts of the story because as before, when they were all on the train, they were all in one car. Now that they are all back on the train, they are divided into three different areas. Um, that we have like the front of the train where a majority of our survivors are. We have the CEO asshole who is doing everything wrong and is literally killing people because he wants to survive his true colors like really started to shine just before this we saw him be kind of a dick trying to like command the the train conductor because he knew he was like a ceo of some bus company i'm pretty sure and he knew that he couldn't get into this city but he knew that san was available so he's like pushing around this conductor and shit and then this is like we really see this man yes exactly to the bad guy yeah and then, so we get them, we have, and there's like a bunch of like smaller characters there. Um, we have one of the older ladies in that cart too. And then between them, there's probably like three or four carts full of zombies. In the center, we have the pregnant wife, the daughter of our main character. Um, I think the homeless guy is there too. Yeah. Um, and one of the old ladies is there also. And they are stuck in a bathroom stall. There's in the center of the train. Then, last but not least, I should say also the high school girl is up in the front. This yeah. is up in the front. Um, we have the baseball boy. The <laughs> you know, we got our Romeo. <laughs> yeah, we got <laughs> Romeo. We got our main character, and we got um the husband, all oh. in the back. Yeah. Should probably mention that as the husband. So as the husband and the main character were rushing onto the train, the train was pulling away. Yeah. And they actually had, like, a moment. Again, characters saying something without saying anything at all. Exactly. The second main character, the husband, uh, future father, was, like, running behind the train, like, trying to catch up. (laughs) And uh, our main character extended an arm for him. And the guy acknowledged this, Mm -hmm. but then proceeded to be the most badass character in the movie. And pick up a, sh- a sword, or not a sword, a, a baton, a shield off the ground, yeah. and beat up like four zombies, and then he grabbed the extended yes. hand of our hero, and they had this nice little little moment of solidarity before they go through the rest of this movie, which is literally pure hell for both of them. Yes, so this is probably my favorite part of the movie. Um, so all three of our, we have Romeo, husband, 
main character in the back. They are able to call um, the wife who is pregnant and find out, hey, the daughter is there, all that. They find out that they are in cart 13 and they're like in cart 9. Yeah. Um, yeah, yep. so main heroes, main characters right now, uh, 9, 13 is where they have to save their families. And then I think like 15 or 16 is where the rest of the survivors are. Um, so the three train. of there's a lot of train. Um, this is the second train movie that I've watched in the last couple months that has like some badass fighting in it. Oh. Um, I should say something about the cinema, the camera work here too. Um, you the camera work makes you feel very claustrophobic. It is a very very well shot. Um, so the main characters are like don't even have much of a discussion they're like oh they're in 13 they like start unbuttoning their shirts wrapping like this like tape around their arms like grabbing bats and stuff and like these three people become fucking superheroes instant instant yeah they don't talk baseball bat it's like the the baseball player is just crying his fucking eyes out because he just all his friends are dead get mutilated all his friends are dead and he's like crying to the girl yeah. Who then proceeds to tell him that she's in the furthest, furthermost cart, and this yeah. dude just starts fucking getting ready. He stops yeah. crying, puts his phone away, and starts wrapping duct tape around his arms. Yeah. And just becomes a badass, and the other two dudes just just follow suit after yeah. another phone call. It's it's, it's it's so good because, like you said, like you, nothing has to be said. They just kind of like all acknowledge it and like like they start taking their suits off, like unbuttoning, yeah. like roll up their sleeves. They start putting tape around their arms, which is. Why don't more people in zombie movies do that? That's like brilliant. That's so brilliant. Um, so like if they can't get bit there, um, and they're like, yeah, which uh, but like <laughs> I thought about that too. I was like, is that a plot hole? But like, how do you open the doors if your hands are all taped? Um, uh, I don't. I you'll figure it out. I mean, untaped. <laughs> uh i i think if i was in a, i would rather be able to use my hands but um yeah, we do see that bites him in the ass later um but anyway <laughs> the three they push they push so then they fucking fight they scrap their way through oh, zombie yeah. hordes um i will say second most badass fighting scenes in a train first snowpiercer first goes to another K- korean director bong chun ho his fighting scenes in snowpiercer Dude, that movie is unbelievable and there's so many interesting like not even like parallels it's just funny to see both these movies mm-hmm. done in like similar but different ways right it's like a big train that's the savior yeah. of our heroes in an yeah. apocalyptic situation and it's like and they're both about like the same social commentary like they both yeah. have the same social commentary yeah, Snowpiercer is a little bit more like, yeah other. i mean yeah social like snowpiercer is like the most non-hiding it's like social commentary ever it's literally like the lowest class has to start at the end of the train and eat insects and then they have to fight them way to the against the like i love snowpiercer it's a great movie yeah Um, i know it's not really what we're talking about right now but i just gotta say i love tilda swinton yeah that's where i'm at with that we can end that conversation now though she's just like literally in the top five of my all-time favorite actors Right, I mean, Chris Evans is it's just so good. It's a, such a great movie. Um, but anyway, which it is kind of like they're both South Korean directors. Again, yeah. this is going to back to last episode last week. They're making a train to Busan, America. Please no. Addition, like 
trains are an important part of like other cultures than America. Like literally we've had people destroy the train industry in our country. Like where the fuck are you going on trains in our country? Yeah, um, I, it's uh, dumb. But don't. anyway, they Car fight them. Colorado. Yeah. What are you guys all going to get on a Greyhound bus? <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but anyway, they fight their way through. We also, they use the, you can't, s you can't see, um, the, if the Kasamis can't see, they won't attack. And they do it in the most tense way that Snowpiercer also does. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, Snowpiercer also has this crazy fight scene where it's like, wait for the tunnels, we'll fight in the dark. Yeah, and like, yeah. they do it in Train to Busan also, which is crazy. Like, they have to sneak past the zombies as it is like... They know, like, they're in the tunnel for two minutes, and they have to sneak past the zombies. Yeah. So tense. Um, anyway, they fight their way through. They save, they save their families. They get to the front. And, um... It never ends. I just no, have to say, like... it doesn't. We say it like that. Like, oh, they get it to doesn't. the car, they rescue the family, they move on. But, like, these entire moments are, like, you're at the edge of your fucking seat. Like, there is no breathing. Is life or death. As soon as they find the family instantaneously they come out of the tunnel and they have to fucking hide again yep. it's like the tension never like stops until they are all the way through and then even still like i think the tension in this movie holds all the way up until like the very end I, you don't get it till credits I, yeah. I don't think you get it till credits but anyway they fight them their way up to the front um the romeo our baseball boy calls um the girl his juliet and it's pretty much like, we're coming we got survivors and the ceo guy's like they're infected fuck them and he convinces everyone else <laughs> he, yeah he convinces everyone else that he should not save these survivors true greedy fashion he's the worst um so they get all the way to the front and they cannot make it in um because of that um because the doors are blocked and they're not letting the survivors in the husband gets bitten trying to stop the zombie horde. One of the most touching scenes, like wow. him trying to hold him back. It's so intense. It really is. And um, Dude, honestly, I can't even like describe this part. You just have to watch it. Like this movie is very emotional. It's very good. Um, anyway, so my dad, like, yeah, both, both cried. My my dad was like, in the beginning, he was like, "Oh, we're gonna watch a zombie movie," and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, dad, just another zombie. Yeah, just another zombie movie. Yeah, I was like, just yeah. another zombie movie, right, dad? Right, it is such an emotional, <laughs> I was an emotional wreck watching the movie. Um, It is so good. I, I like, couldn't look away from the movie the entire time. This is the second time I've seen it. The first time I wasn't fully paying attention to it, but this time I was, and it was made it so much better. Um, But anyway, from there to the end of the movie, we lose main character by main character by main character death by death and most of them are the result of the ceo the evil the the, the pure yeah, guy the of corporate greed the literal creation of corporate greed is he, he literally kills juliet yeah he he does to a zombie he um tells the main character like punches him in the face is like you motherfucker you almost got us all killed and he immediately goes he's infected and everyone else is like oh shit and even though they weren't infected which pushes them um aside um you kind of see the, how the greed gets back to them though as someone releases the zombies into the cart with all the people who were in the front the old lady does because yeah. uh she watched her sister die because of the greed of this guy so mm -hmm. she pretty much was like fuck it she just listened to all these people just fighting and yelling at each other. They're all like telling 
this pregnant woman and this little girl like get mm-hmm. the fuck out of here yeah i mean the subtitles say like get out run yeah, away right it doesn't say that really right. like all these people are like fuck you swine get Pretty the much. hell out of here yep and uh they push them to the front of the train and then uh they seal themselves in and this fucking old lady's like listen to them all bitch at each other and she literally just says the subtitle just says what a load of shit yeah <laughs> goes and opens the door yep and uh and but of course the ceo survives of course, why not? Yeah, my, um, and, my dad was like, "Thank goodness." Yeah, no. And he was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, the trains. Dad is just so yeah. It's reactions. It's uh, like my third time watching this movie, so I already knew what was gonna happen. And, right. Uh, just seeing someone else get really riled up about this movie makes me feel good because it really is that kind of movie where, like, oh, absolutely. You know, you don't have to, like I said, you don't have to read the subtitles. You don't have to know what's going on to know what's going on. Right. Absolutely. Um, so it, the end, well, the last part, the third act, um, we get, uh, we find out like the train can't go any farther. They have to switch trains. It's a mad dash across the train yard. They have to cross through other infected trains. Um, Romeo and Juliet die. Um, like you said, because the CEO pretty much pushes Juliet out of the way causing her to die so romeo's like fuck it all my friends are dead uh he decides to spend his last minutes with her um they're both dead now and it's this part is like again it's really hard to describe like the action of this part this part is very tense um you get the, the like the mad dash um a train on fire blasts through the train yard um knocking things aside creating more chaos and eventually, we're at the last leg. We are at the climax of our story. Um, we have the main character, the daughter, the pregnant woman. And we don't know who's in the front of the train, but they're pretty much on, like, just the front of the train, and they're heading to Busan. Um, they make a mad dash. Like, they're going. The front door opens where the, like, conductor would be, and we get the CEO guy. He has Back. been bit final act of yeah irony we do get a little bit of commentary here um because he says i'm scared i just want to see his mom kind of showing like that's kind of like humanity like we do all the shitty stuff even though we're all human and all that's kind of like well that's saying right there um before you say what happens can i place a bit of irony in your head of like yeah the fact that our main character got called a bloodsucker by the husband earlier yep and then you know carry on this is how it plays out yeah Yes. So anyway, um, the father fights the CEO, tries to get him off. He gets bit. We get an incredibly sad scene where he has to be like, tell a pregnant woman, like, keep my daughter safe. He doesn't, he like, there's not, doesn't even say like, bye to his daughter. It's like that, like, which is understandable. I think like it would be unrealistic for him to be like, I bye, I love you. Like he just cries and we see a great shot of just a shadow of him launching himself off the back of the train um the only two survivors really are the pregnant woman and the daughter so they get to busan but even then that is tense because we have soldiers trained on them being like do we shoot and it's not until the last second with the daughter singing that the army finds out that they're not infected and they get saved that is trained to busan she could only sing when she saw her dad and that's why yep. she couldn't sing it at her recital it's so yep. fucking sad it's but I so just sad say, 
the, the ironic thing is someone yeah. called our hero a bloodsucker earlier yeah. in the movie, and in his last feat of her- heroism, he literally puts his hand in a zombie's mouth and allows mm-hmm. it to suck yep. his blood yep. as he throws him off yeah. the train. We get the complete hero's arc. He's no longer selfish. Selfish. He is now selfless. He sacrifices his own life to save his daughters. Um, and that is Train to Busan. Like I said, one of the best zombie movies out there. Um, you said it is your favorite. I would say it is probably tied for my favorite. I still think Dawn of the Dead is my favorite. With Shaun of the Dead being in second, I think Shaun of the Dead is fucking hilarious. Um, Shaun of the Dead's great, and I mean, Train to Busan, I believe, wouldn't exist without Dawn of the Dead. Right, that's yeah, that's exactly that's like that's exactly like Dawn of the Dead as zombies as we know it. Um, for those uh, quick zombie movie lores, Dawn of the Dead isn't the first zombie movie. Night of the Living Dead, which came before Dawn of the Dead, wasn't the first zombie movie. White Zombie was in the twenties or thirties. Um, but Romero made zombies as cannibalistic hordes a thing in his movies. Um, but he also was the one who really added like the social commentary, um, making them more just about zombies, but more about uh, human drama with zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anything else to say about Train to Busan? I just have to say, fucking, why are you making an American version? Version, you goddamn. Just please, like, for anybody listening out there, just please write your local congress. <laughs> yeah. Tell them to start a change petition. These fucking people that are going to try to make this movie about people that take trains from Ann Arbor to Chicago and have to deal with zombies. Like, it just doesn't fucking work. It's just not going to work. I don't know. It's just doesn't, yes. It's not going to make me feel the same way. It's going to make me feel like I felt when I watched Quarantine after I watched REC. Right. Like, this is like a Play-Doh version of a really cool story. Yeah, I mean... It... And I've seen the fucking the stupidest arguments that oh it's because people don't want to watch subtitles. I just, just I hate that argument. Because just... they watch the fucking English version with the subtitles on. Right, like, that's the thing. Don't... I know so many people who watch regular TV with the subtitles on. Like, just... oh, it's so crazy to me. People are like, I keep the subtitles on because I like to know what's going on when my kids scream. And then it's like, dude. But then you could easily watch like yep. any number of beautiful foreign movies. I That's, don't. Yeah, I, we don't need we don't need remakes of foreign films in Hollywood. No. Just go watch the original. They're better that way. I think you should all support local businesses, but also we should support independent films and foreign right. films. Exactly. And all types of films that will diversify the market and make it competitive and get better stories. Like. And- yeah like we're talking about luca like you tell there's we have an entire world right to tell stories we don't need to just see the hollywood version we like everybody lion king is just fucking hamlet are we gonna let them keep doing this forever like yeah make new shit make new shit um all right we keep shitting on you and i'm not i'm never gonna apologize for shitting on disney (laughs) um all right, let's let's do the part where we ruin this movie. No, people yes, are we're making it worth it. Yes. Um. So anyway, for those, this is called ruining movies because this exact next part we just talked for about forty minutes about why True Train to Busan is one of the best zombie movies of all time. It is a great uh, human tragedy drama movie. It is great story, great cinematography, blah blah blah, all that good stuff. We just gushed about it for forty minutes. So now oh, no. <laughs> we have to remake it as a documentary. Oh, 
great. So, which it was one vote off from being a musical, so thank God. <laughs> um, all right, so I think uh, I kind of like what we did last time where we defined what made um, Color Out of Space what Color Out of Space was. So I think we need to boil down Train to Busan, the, like, the main points of Train to Busan that made Train to Busan great. Um, I think it has to include zombies. Well, that's, that's a, obviously, um, but I mean, I think train to Busan. Yes. Needs to include zombies. Unless you have an idea that's about to blow my mind. No, I just thought I'd see if I could extrapolate some information. (laughs) I mean, I guess you could replace it with any type of monster. The zombies aren't what make train to Busan great. They're like, like they're there and they're terrifying, but it's the human. It's like color out of space. We talked about it. Human drama is what makes the movies good. Um, so I think we need to have kind of a father with a disconnect to a family member, or it could be anyone, a family, two family members who have a disconnect one because they work too much. One, because they are a child. Child is not at fault. Um, the train is crucial. It is a storytelling place. Um, you gotta have that Australia guy. That's almost every. Are you talking about um, David Annenberg? Um, you have to have the drama. You have to have the train going from one place to another. You have to have a bunch of smaller stories. Um, so I guess if we're approaching this as a documentary, I'm guessing the mockumentary. Um. Because if it was just a documentary remake of Train to Busan, it would literally just be how the movie so, was made. <laughs> that's actually like where my head's at. Yeah. So it's like, here, here's what you do, right? Yeah. You take Train to Busan, and instead of having a great film crew and all this shit to make these wonderful angles, you just get an old, shitty Panasonic handheld camera, yeah. and you put TJ Miller behind it, and then... Every time there's a break in the action, you do like an office style cutoff where it's like an interview with the character. Okay. He's like, you know, and how does that make you feel? And like the fucking big, muscly husband guy's like, man, that guy's a fucking asshole. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. Wait, that would be fucking hilarious. Okay. So I think I like that. Like, comedy mockumentary, Train to Busan. Um, I love that so much. So he's pounding on the door behind them in the interview. <laughs> Because it kind of takes what you were saying, which I completely believe 100% about not having to say anything because of how great this movie is, but then adding pointless exposition from the main characters in, like, the confession-style booths. Yeah, and you could even still have them say something without saying anything, because you have TJ Miller speaking English, so he looks at the husband and he's like, so how do you feel about the guy with the daughter? And the husband is, like, crossing his arms almost uh, you you could also do... uh, <laughs> just looking around all frustrated. <laughs> I also love the idea of um the guy not holding the the main character not holding up op- like open the door for the husband and the fucking pregnant wife and the husband doing the gym face to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> He looks back at TJ Miller like this motherfucker. Yeah, just look. Like, <laughs> this stuff shakes. 
Um, and then I would love some uh, confessionals of some zombies who somehow made their way in there. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh my god, I love this idea. Oh man, what? Okay. Like, no recasting except for like the cameraman. And yeah. Maybe it should honestly be like TJ Miller behind the camera and then like a boon mic, so that like sometimes the boon would come into camera. Yeah. I okay. Oh, How about this? What if we remove TJ Miller? Not like, but we kind I of made TJ Miller because yeah. of Cloverfield. Oh, that's a good call. That's the only reason I picked him. The only reason I was going to say replace him with an actual South Korean actor. Um, but maybe the, the the main character is the camera guy and he was maybe on his way. Maybe he had a um, fucking uh, TV idea where he was just going to go interview people on the train. Yeah. But still make it a comedy. <laughs> so like, maybe I could like imagine... You could even like pull Shaun of the Dead into this, like have um like two idiots like uh Nick Frost and um Simon Pegg's character in that, like they're trying to like make it big on like YouTube or something, and they're there just trying to like vlog it or blog it, and because they're just oh my god, I love this idea. Oh man. Yeah, and then uh you know, by the end of course, they're all just running to one train and uh it's just him. Oh man, yeah. that'd be so awkward. Right? Right? Imagine the exact thing that happens, except <laughs> this the camera guy survives. This guy probably died. Yeah. Because that would make for a good movie. He loses his boon guy, his yeah. long partner in documenting. Um, yeah. And then it, he, he just gets on the train with these people and he's got to like film this dude and his daughter going through this like terrible fucking time. <laughs> and at this point, he started out making a comedy, but now it's just for yeah, science. Yeah, Which because, is kind of like Cole like, Overfield, yeah. Yeah, like, he's just gotta... I, I, now it's like, I have to document this so people will know, like, what the fuck happened. Yeah. At this point, like, he's not gonna sit down with the little girl and be like, now how does that make you feel? You know? But, yeah. like, maybe with the soldiers at the end, and maybe uh, they show him a camera, and they're yeah. in, like, exchange footage, and, like, the end credits roll is just, like, fucking uh, cuts of all sorts of, like, soldier shit dealing with zombie shit. Yeah, and we don't, we could even do that thing where, like, we don't reveal who's behind the camera till the end, um, because they're, like, behind it, kind of do that whole found footage thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it's Yeah. Me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that idea a lot. Even, like, remove the comedy. I, I love the comedy aspect of it, like, the office, the office style, yeah. like, <laughs> Parks parks and Rec, um, Superstore. I don't really stuff. wanted to be a comedy, but I mean... I mean, that's know. one way you could do it. Um, <laughs> But, like, Cloverfield is a good example of using kind of, like, doing a horror, but, like, with a mockumentary found footage, because I think, like, you could put that in Train to Busan, um... And you're right, it could start as, like, this funny thing, maybe, like, they're doing, like, some, like, quote-unquote pranks on the train, and then, yeah. like, oh, they're like, wow, cool special effects, and, like, shit starts getting real and stuff. Um, It'd be really yeah. cool. You could, like, on a little bit more serious note, like, having a found footage on a train would really make it more claustrophobic, because, like, you couldn't, like, you wouldn't see that much, you'd be on the train. Right. Um, I like that idea a lot, and... I ironically with this budget it might yeah. have actually been scarier to have done something like this like imagine yeah okay, instead of like the comedy angle at all 
imagine yeah. that instead of a hedge fund dick, uh, this guy is just a normal dad with a normal yes. job. And he's still married to his wife, no ex-wife, but they're just going on vacation to Busan. But yeah. dad's obsessed with taking home movies. So he, like, brings a video camera. Now it's, like, a documentary. You know, he's documenting everything that he's doing on this family vacation. Um, yeah. And maybe there are some things that are, like, interview style, but not really, like, in the same just, like, putting the camera on his wife's face and being like, are you excited to go to Busan? But then, like, shit really pops off. And maybe, like, our main character, who's the main character in Train to Busan, is revealed at the end as the cameraman. Yeah. The daughter takes the camera. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this idea. I, I think this is... There's We're not ruining movies, but let's actually ruin this movie. Um, so, this wasn't, this wasn't first place, but this was second place. Train to Busan musical. Let's just entertain this idea for a couple minutes. Then we'll get out of here. What would what would a Train to Busan musical look like? Um, you brought it up. <laughs> All right. So I think um, you use the train carts as settings, as set pieces. I knew you had an idea already, dude. I love musicals. I, it. <laughs> I like musicals. Um, and. As the, each cart goes through, because if it's a musical, obviously it has to be more like theatrical. Like the set pieces have to be less realistic and more fantastical. Um, like as like the singing happens as they go from train to train in different set pieces, and you can even do more allegorical like um maybe the stages of grief. Each one they're singing and then they're like seven deadly sins. Yeah, or something like that, or like. Because then the hero's journey isn't like this beautiful thing in Train to Busan. They're singing about it. It's again the opposite of what we talked about. Train to Busan really not needing the exposition or the like the context yeah. out of their mouth because they'd be singing about everything. So, and I just want zombies snapping their fingers, chasing them down the train, kind yeah, of like. So my question, I guess, is yeah, would you really have a lot of lyrics, or would you just have them doing these? zany things like in sequence. like hats yeah like less lyrics more just like awesome like dance. music and, and yeah dance. yeah yeah and i think dance have, like, the snaps maybe some like <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i think there'd be more singing when people die from being bit by a zombie they have like that red confetti shoot out of them like <laughs> yeah and, yeah similar to cats but not like cats the movie like the cats stuff like musical where everyone's like dressed as cats um i think that's how you do the train to boost on musical <laughs> anything else anything else to say i think we've said a lot about this movie at all <laughs> All right, well, that was uh, this week of uh, um, Ruining Movies with Zach and Shane. That's not the full title. It's just Ruining Movies, but I like it. Ruining Movies, parentheses, fuck it, we'll do it live. But slash <laughs> with Zach and Shane. Um, three exclamation marks, two question marks. XX, nine, three, X. Yeah, it's all in quotations. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's the end of the episode, everybody. So this is the time, Shane. What is the next week's movie? Oh, uh, I think we're going to do uh, The Devil All the Time. Devil? Nice. That is a movie that I am rec- I, I've not seen, but I want to. I, I had a bit of a big toss-up in my head there between that and a couple other things, but I think I think we're going to watch this one because it's, it's, it's a good one. Okay. It's kind of long, but, it, but it's good. That's yeah, fine.
I was going to recommend Seven Samurais, which is like four hours long, so I'm okay with doing a long movie. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I have not, I've not seen this movie, but I am excited to watch it. So I'll ask afterwards, and not on official recording podcast time. Okay. Um. All right. So let's do some plugs and let's get out of here. Shane, start us off. My plug. Uh. You can catch me live at twitch.tv slash bringtheshane. I play lots of video games. Uh, it's a variety channel. I do a lot of shit. We have a lot of fun. We hang out. We do cool stuff. We play dummy games on Tuesday, and we record this podcast. And um, Yeah, it's a real beautiful time. Come come join us in the fun. Hell yeah. Also, I have another podcast, uh, yeah. the D&D podcast that uh, I'm sure Zach's about to tell you about. Yeah, so um, you can find me first at uh, twitch.tv slash farmgoat. That is where I am currently live and talking to all you beautiful people. Um, you can also go to my YouTube page where this podcast will be until I can get it out on different mediums, uh, different different uh, platforms. Uh, but that is at uh, Farm Goat Plays. Um, so you can go there. You can see gameplay from Twitch. You can see I've rec- started recording Dark Souls. That is only going to be footage from YouTube. So that's not me playing that on Twitch. Um, and you can also go check out my other YouTube page called Farm Goat Says, which <clears throat> is if you like our discussion of movies here, um, I kind of get a little bit more in depth on things and uh, on that channel. And I also talk about to- tabletop role playing games there so go check that out also go give that a follow um and then yeah shane and i have another podcast called a survival check it is a D unofficial guide to the monster manual of fifth edition so if you want to hear us talk about the monsters like um you centaurs want to hear us yes you do uh we're very funny on that <laughs> i could say that we are here <laughs> right yeah we're pretty like we're <laughs> I, we're still funny and idiots on this show, but like, but good idiots. Um, but we are much more loose on that show, which is surprising because that show has more structure than this show. Honestly, I've always felt the opposite. I always felt oh, really? way more loose on this show. Yeah, but I think you're kind of right, and I think that has a lot to do with like the nature of the beast, right? Like, right. I've loved film for my entire life. That's I've yeah. D for you know about five years. That's the thing, yeah. I think this podcast, um, because we both do love film and we have like actual sincere takes on it. Like, I don't give sincere takes on the monsters. Well, I do, but it's not like, wow, the centaur is this allegory for this. I love it so much because <laughs> yeah. of this reasoning, and let me back it up with all these facts. Yeah, no, I'm just like, wow, that's a whole. I wonder how many centaurs can ride on each other. Like, how many? <laughs> like, that's that question that gets asked on that podcast, or like. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah. That's probably the funnier podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so go check that out. You can find that on Spotify and um, everywhere except iTunes. Um, and that's about it. You can find if you enjoyed this podcast and want to participate live and have join the discussion during the podcast. Sometimes we'll let um, the audience ask questions or maybe you have something to add to when we're remaking the movie or you want to vote on the type of movie you want us to create at the end of the episode. You can catch us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, come join either of our chats and uh, join the discussion with us. It's, it's a blast. And that's about it. Um... We also play video games after, like, we're about to go play Portal 2, which just had an update in 2014. Oh, I thought we were playing Escape from Tarkov. Oh, shit. I thought we were playing RimWorld. Um, (laughs) Anyway, that is it. 
Um, I want to say as always, because this is how I end everything else, but I don't think I've done this. Um, but because this is a movie podcast, as always, be excellent to each other, everyone. And we will see you next week as we talk about the de- devil of all the... what? <laughs> the devil all the time. The devil all the time. And Starring Tom Holland and Jake Gyllenhaal. Right? No, Jake Gyllenhaal's not in it. Don't listen no, to him. Does he just produce? <laughs> oh, he just p- produced it. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. We'll probably have some more hot takes on whatever fucking news pops up next week. It's probably if something else happens with Zack Snyder in the next week. I'm gonna throw my face yeah. into a window. It's gonna be Zack Snyder, Disney, Marvel. It's gonna be the same news <laughs> and maybe cool shit. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go, go out of my way and like try to find more indie news next week just so we don't talk about those it's hard to watch coming to america so that i can have a real take on it yeah maybe i'll watch that too i'll watch coming to america i'll have a real take on it and i will have a real take okay actually we'll talk about coming to america and wandavision next week for sure yeah we'll actually not just speculate and just yell stuff out into the void we'll actually have we'll have answers we'll have answers but that's it everyone i've talked enough the cool guitar music's probably playing behind us at this point. So, yeah, so we're out of here. Bye, everyone. And cut. You can catch this podcast on all places. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and cut. Yes. Oh, my God.